0: Over and back, classic NBA podcast. I am Jason. And with me today, returning to the show, is Rainis Lattis of The Handle Podcast. Rainis, welcome back to the show. Hey, I'm, I'm glad to be back, and it's uh, always a fun time for me on over and back. Cool. Well, always glad to have you and glad to know that you enjoyed as well. Um, so today we're going to uh, tackle a big topic. It might end up being a, a two-part episode, but you and I like to uh, sometimes uh, do that. We're talking about... Uh, NBA retired numbers and uh, different teams have handled this in very different ways throughout history as we'll kind of explore the um how teams have decided, which teams, have, which players, of course, they've decided to retire their numbers, what reasons are behind that, why, you know, any inconsistencies we've seen and things like that. I think it'll be an interesting topic for sure.
1: Yeah, it's it's it's, it's kind of indicative of how uh, each franchise has had his fortunes over the years. Um, probably the less fortunate ones have less numbers. Uh, I think that, that will really show. And uh, on the contrary, the ones who are, who have had championship teams, uh, it's beginning to seem like they might even have too many numbers in the rafters.
0: Yeah, it's it's a weird problem to have, and only one team really has you know what, what could even be considered a serious problem there. But there are teams that have retired like numbers, and later you know seemingly we're very liberal about how they retired numbers, and have become you know more stingy as a time goes on, probably indicating some uh, regret there. But yeah, so I so we'll start um just a few general things before we get into the actual teams um there apparently is no standard policy uh, in the nba for how teams should handle uh, retiring a player's jersey there was a, a pretty good um espn um article by uh, adam reisinger uh, on this uh i believe uh last fall and um got into that and delved into uh, a few interesting things that uh, the number that has been retired most is number 32, which has been retired by 11 teams. Uh, Seven of those players are in the Hall of Fame. The the ones who are not are uh, Sean Elliott, Rip Hamilton, uh, Brian Winters of the Bucks and Fred Brown of the uh, Supersonics. And uh, number 23 has been retired by six teams in honor of five players. And Jordan has been retired with the Bulls, of course, and with the Heat, which um, is, of course, a little bit more surprising, and we'll delve into that. Uh, and there have uh, been 14 players who have had a number retired by two teams, and uh, Woe Chamberlain and Pete Maravich are the only ones who have been retired with uh, three franchises. I I, um, I I don't know if it's it's too shocking, but that's it's interesting two players for that to happen to. I guess you have to have had a certain balance of, you know, both, of course, being great and being popular and also having played for a lot of teams. And there's relatively few people in NBA history who, you know, can claim to have that. Yeah, it's
1: it's almost I think it's almost tough not to retire Wilt's jersey, even though, you know, his certain stints ended with... Uh some sour feelings at the end. And then they weren't even
0: all that long, like in, in, in the case of Philly, but uh, how can you not retire wills, I guess? Yeah. And of course what he meant to Philly overall beyond, you know, his time with the 76ers and the oh, fact yeah. that they were, the, you know, the, at the time, the greatest team probably in NBA history. And he's still among that. club. I mean, it definitely makes sense that it happened. Just interesting the way that it um, happened. Yeah. And Meravich of course is an even more interesting case, which we'll, we'll delve into when we, when we get to the teams that retired his number, but um but yeah, so that's, uh, I guess, you know, really the only other player who you could maybe make a case for that, um, but there isn't really a third team that had enough of him would be Moses Malone. I mean, obviously, uh, the Rockets and the Sixers are a no-brainer, but there's not really—he had some good years with the Bullets and, um, you know, in some decent years with the Hawks, but no one really else that— you know, you could you could say he stood out for enough to merit retiring his number, even though he was obviously a great player who played for a lot of teams.
1: Well, if, if the magic keeps this up, then I think the the, the then we certainly have to cross out Shaquille because uh, he seems like a natural fit. Because right. uh, you know, Pat Riley likes to honor his guys, even though his he brought a championship there. So I guess that's that's what makes him a Heat a Heat lifer, and uh, that opened the door for that possibility. But it seems like as we'll get into it later on that uh, yeah, Orlando's uh, not too fond of retiring a number. For for someone who hasn't won a title for the franchise, and so far there's uh, there are no titles.
0: Yes, yeah, a couple of close ones, but not uh, but not close enough, unfortunately. Um, so some teams that have not retired any numbers. Um, They're not too surprisingly, mostly, of course, you know, recent teams that have come into the league in the past, uh, you know, 30 years or so. Um, First, the uh, Toronto Raptors. And um, I I guess the biggest issue is that the great players who have played on their franchise, uh, Vince Carter and Chris Bosh. Well, Carter, of course, hasn't even retired yet. Um, And uh, both those guys, you know, left the team amid... You know, amid circumstances, that were less than ideal. There were some hard feelings, especially in the case of Carter, you know, being traded away and later admitting that he had, you know, uh, basically sandbagged the, uh, you know, not played as hard as he could have or or what have you, uh, which got a lot of uh, negative coverage at the time. Um, Really, the only, you know, actual retired player, I think, with sufficient longevity, uh, who you know the team could even have considered retiring. This would be more along the lines as a cult favorite it would be Morris Peterson. Uh, you know, he was he was there for seven seasons, including on the 2001 Eastern Conference semifinals team, which was the you know most successful team they'd had up until you know the the recent DeRozan. Lowry teams, but he he's really the only one, and that's honestly you know a, a, a relatively strong stretch, I would say.
1: Yeah, and uh, the fact that he played with Vince uh, together with Vince, I think that probably makes it seem like uh, Carter will will be the first one who has his jersey retired. And uh, I I think that the the, the year they had that uh, was it twenty years that they were celebrating of Raptors basketball, they gave Vince a video tribute. I, I think that was a sign that you know the organization is over with it, and uh, it's not like Rob Babcock is is a part of the Raptors anymore. And, uh, I think the president has changed as well. And whatever vibes you get from that organization or, or the fans, at least in my experience, it seems like they have mostly forgiven him. And I, and I do think, you know, that, uh, his accolades allow him to qualify for such an honor uh, whether whether he left them in a bad situation or he didn't because he really is the reason why you know canadian nba basketball was put on the map and uh
0: yeah he he deserves it yeah absolutely i mean i and I, I agree with you i think that uh, you know whatever feelings there were have you know almost have thawed uh either completely or at least enough where that's certainly going to happen bosch i i don't know i i haven't really heard anything about that. The, obviously, the Raptors were generally not particularly a strong team when he was there, even though he performed strongly. And I think he's, you know, historically going to be much more remembered for his role on the Heat than he is with the Raptors. So that one, I, I don't know if that one will happen or not. I, I, I even though he was he probably even better player than Carter um, during his time, their time with the franchise. I, yeah, I don't, I just don't think he's historically significant enough for uh, the Raptors for for that to happen. But it's not like it would be out of bounds if it did happen.
1: Yeah, and at this point, it almost seems like and it and. It- In a way, it's strange to say this because uh, I I would say that Bosch is the better player, but that DeMar's a a much better candidate. His uh, longevity is already unmatched. He's leading the the franchise in in games played and points, and uh, he'll probably stay with the team for at least a couple of more years to add to his totals, and uh, I I guess this year's postseason could... could, could, you know, end in something that Bosch didn't ever, uh, you know, succeed in with, with Toronto. He never uh, went past the first round. So, it seems like DeRozan might have leaped him already. So, yeah, but Bosch might, might, might end up being the, the star who, who was sort of in between the two good eras, and uh, I, I wouldn't be certain about it.
0: Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I mean, I think, I agree that I think DeRozan is certainly, you know, um, in line for that eventually on the horizon. Kyle Lowry I think as well. I don't know if there's any anyone- else really on the Current iteration of the Raptors, where um, you know maybe I mean if they are able to you know win a championship, then I think there might be some other players you know they would uh, consider you know Valanciunas for guys who were there for like a long time. But um, yeah, I, I think Lowry and DeRozan are almost definite at uh, this point, given their longevity and given the fact that they've you know given the team you know the most success by far it's ever had.
1: Yeah, Lowry's a good one because uh, his games might not be there, but uh, I hope that uh, you know down the line they rem- remember that uh, he he gave them a spark which probably you know wouldn't have wouldn't have happened unless he had been there because uh I, i'm not certain whether Demaro on his own would would have led the team anywhere.
0: right yeah i mean i, I think he was the more important player you know at least in the first couple of years of that i mean you know i think they're close to equal now you know maybe DeRozan's slightly ahead but um but i mean yeah he, he really was i, I think that the most important player of those first couple of years when they you know kind of got back on track and and definitely you know will deserve that recognition yeah so next franchise is the uh los angeles clippers of course formerly the uh, buffalo braves also spent some years in san diego as well um of course the clippers are notorious for their lack of success uh really the only teams that you know had much success since they've been the clippers uh were the that that well not counting the the chris paul blake griffin DeAndre jordan era which we'll get into in a minute but before that um uh the 2016, which he starred out in Brand and Corey Maggette, was important as well, and, and it had some pretty strong longevity uh, for the uh, for that franchise. Um, I think they would definitely be candidates. But Brand definitely being you know the stronger one. The only issue with Brand probably is that you know, there were some acrimony when he left the uh, the franchise. Uh, only other player I would say would be serious uh, contention from the uh, the San Diego L.A. years would be Danny Manning, who was of course the number one pick. Uh, he was probably the best player on their '92, '93 playoff teams. Um, you know, injuries held him back from you know ultimate success, but he still was a very good player. And up until you know Brand was probably the best player in uh, in, in Clipper history. Uh, the stronger cases for retirement, but of course this happened in a different city, so unlikely at this point uh, would be Randy Smith, who actually did play for the in San Diego very briefly, but was bo- mostly known as a Buffalo Brave, consecutive game streak record, and you know all around a standout. Um, All-star game, MVP one year, you know, very good player. And then uh, Bob McAdoo, who, of course, won the 1975 MVP for the Braves when, you know, they were at their strongest uh, and is a Hall of Famer. In fact, is the only retired former MVP not to have his number retired by the team, which is uh, which is kind of surprising. But uh, anyone else that uh, stands out to you in terms of guys who, you know, you, you could say could be considered for that honor?
1: I, I I don't think so. Um the 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 la- latest big three is uh I think the, the the best possible candidates. Um as for those uh pure Clipper guys, it's it's almost like Don, Donald Sterling has left a stain on the players as well because uh, I, I cannot think of Danny Manning and God bless him he was a very good player but I cannot think of him in a Clippers uniform and, and just sense any positive connotation from, from that name and uh, I I do think that the franchise probably wants to move forward from that as well so it, in a way it hurts it hurts guys like Danny Manning and uh, I'd make a push for Randy Smith, um you know it, it's definitely awkward when it's happened in a different city and uh, at least the team is good then and and, that Curtis Harris would probably be more vocal about his case and the fact that uh... Ac Green stole the Iron Man title from him, and then, then, <laughs> where it happened by by him summing in games where he played like two minutes. But Randy was terrific, and there probably is a place for you know the marketing people of the Clippers to at least honor him. It's 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 not the same, but uh, well, th- there there should be some sort of acknowledgement because uh, yeah, the the buf- Buffalo Braves 50 year anniversary is coming up in in 2020, so I, I think they have to remember those those two guys, uh, him and Mcadoo, in some sort of way. Whether it's
0: you know maybe it could be similar to the the, the Ring of
1: or whatever the Magic called their thing.
0: Yeah, or like, um, yeah, the we'll talk about later, but the Lakers retired, and obviously this was a team with much more greater success, but they uh, have a banner for the Minneapolis teams and, you know, the Hall of Famers that were on that team. Maybe they could do something similar for, you know, the greats of, you know, the greats of the Braves days, you know, something along those lines maybe. Um, yeah, I would agree. I think Randy Smith probably um, has the strongest given that longevity there, um, you know, I mean, and McAdoo, obviously, was, you know, still the probably the best player that the organization ever had. You know, you could make a case for Chris Paul, too. But, yeah, it, one thing that's going to be really interesting, of course, is, um, and I think it's likely that both get their jerseys retired, but the fact that, you know, uh, Paul and Griffin left, you know, um, it, not like in bad terms or anything, but they were both traded away. You know, they, they both have decent longevity there, you know, uh, six, seven years or so. So that, that's plenty, I think, to get it. But, um, you know, this neither one's going to retire there. Obviously, you know, unless they, unless they go back, which is, seems unlikely. Uh, and then De- DeAndre Jordan, of course, you know, he's the, he's kind of the third of that big three. Um, you know. Who knows how long he'll last? I believe he's a free agent this year, so whether he'll stick around with the team or not. but I mean I obviously even though they are kind of best known for their playoff disappointments, you know Rich, Rich and I've talked about before about how they're actually you know you look at that you know six year run or so of you know th- there are very, very few teams who have had you know regular season success for that length of time, which is certainly something. and given what Clipper history was before, then that's yeah, I, I think that should be celebrated a little bit more than it, it, than the than it really gets.
1: Oh yeah, and I do think it will be celebrated because uh, it it sort of uh, marks the the end of the dark times and the and the start of a new new generation and then uh, a new time in Clippers franchise history and and probably I don't know how long will Doc be involved uh, with the Clippers organization but probably if if he does stay for a couple of years it he 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 will need to have to retire from the from the Clippers because he he's still trading uh, you know jabs with Chris Paul and the media. There was a I don't, I don't remember the offer, but there was a recent uh, article on the Rockets and the way they play, and it it still managed to find a way in. You know the the ugly breakup between the two of them, but I, if, as time passes by, I think it's it's not as nearly as ugly as as Demins Carter and and the Raptors split up, and uh, they they managed to you know mend those mend those relationships. So I I don't see why Chris Paul or Blake Griffin couldn't do that.
0: Same. Yeah. And it's not like they're necessarily going to likely be retired by another team. Maybe, maybe the Pelicans with Chris Paul, we'll get, we'll get to that obviously, but, oh, yeah. um but, but, it you know, um, so I think you're primarily going to think of them as, as Clippers for their rest of their career. I guess it depends on how you know, things go with Paul and the Rockets and do, you know, I guess Blake with the Pistons too, if he's there for a long time, you know, maybe, maybe that changes the conversation, but um, at the moment it's hard. That, that that certainly seems to be like the primary Franchise that they're likely to be remembered for in um, in, in their career, just given the longevity of, of those teams. But I guess we'll see. Maybe, maybe, that, maybe that's more up in the air than I, now that I think about it, maybe that's a little bit more up in the air than I was thinking. But nevertheless, that's, uh, yeah, I, I think there's a good chance, definitely not 100% chance of a bar for either guy.
1: Yeah, I'd I'd even be more a bit more concerned about DeAndre because he he could certainly leave this summer and he, he's the type of guy who has the longevity and the totals because of his you know the way he racks up rebounds and, and points and blocks, but uh, and, I I don't know whether he stands the test of time as as, as time passes by.
0: Yeah, I mean he was first time All NBA you know, first team All NBA one time uh, at, at center. I mean he you know he has, he has some pretty strong accolades and yet you're right on the in terms of the longevity, not just because he's been there forever but also because he's played 82 games basically every year so he's racked up a lot of uh you know um top tens and in, in various career stats but yes obviously he's not to the level of player as at paul and griffin but you know i i i guess it also depends if, if he ends up staying there for a long time and then has like you know really the longevity stuff then i think certainly at that point he would likely be retired yeah this summer is probably the breaking point yeah yeah uh, so next we have the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. Of course, uh, they, they were in uh, Vancouver originally things did not go well in Vancouver. There's probably a best that that whole era is is probably best forgotten. The really only really player from that era that you would even think you know, could even merit even a thought on that is a uh, Sharif Abdul Rahim, who was of course was, was very good, but there's, you know, nothing, no team success there. Really nothing that really no, no, no legacy to speak of there. He just happens to be kind of the best player out of, uh, out of those years. But um, but there's several guys, of course, you know, who are on the horizon, um, and they've already announced that they are going to uh, retire uh, Zach Randolph and uh, Tony Allen's numbers, um, which obviously uh, seem very appropriate. Those are the two guys who really helped uh, define the culture there in the uh, late 2000s, early early 2010s, that has kind of. You know, made them very popular in the city um, when they had not had you know very much success in their first you know decade in the league. Did have some playoff teams early on in uh, Memphis, um, and I, I would say that Marc Gasol and Mike Conley are e- even better players and are, and of course, will have longer longevity and are even more likely to have their numbers retired. I, I, I think one player who is really interesting is uh, is Paul Gasol because um, you know the, the fact that he has. Um, you know, in, in some ways, you know, his run was even. You, know, you could you could consider him maybe the best player in franchise histories in terms of just um, you know being. No player was better at their peak than he was when he was there. As you could maybe make a case for Gasol or Conley, but I Marcus or Conley, but I think Powell probably you know, at his very best was the best uh, Memphis Grizzly, but the way that he left the team, you know, I, I could see it kind of being something similar with um, Spencer Haywood in Seattle, where he was like you know, the first star for that franchise in that place. Um, but, you know, left to kind of in, you know, um, acrimonious terms and, you know, maybe may not get the honor, but I, I'm not hundred percent sure about that. The other thing about Gasol is that of course, you know, because the Lakers won the championships, you um, he's going to be better remembered as a Laker than he was as a Grizzly.
1: Yeah. And, and it's too bad because when you think of his name, um, first round exits with with Hubie Brown sort of come to mind which isn't helpful but uh, he also had years where guys you never heard of logged hundreds of minutes Um, I'm I'm sorry but you know Terrence Kinsey Lawrence Roberts I almost know those names just because we weren't meant to know them and that's how (laughs) they have stuck in my memory and and it certainly wasn't Paul's fault and I think they could do something nice where they uh, perhaps they don't retire his number initially but they wait until Mark ends his career and then do a night for both of them because Paul obviously had a bigger impact on the city than the results show. For for one, um, Mark went to high school in Memphis just because Paul was his older brother who was playing there with the Grizzlies. So. Uh, I think I think I think he should get in. I'm not certain whether it will happen, but uh I I do agree that he probably is the best overall player and then some of those seasons he put together in, in in his prime. I I don't think any other Grizzly has sort of surpassed that. I think they more so did that as a as a unit than than more so than in, individually.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, um so I I just uh took took note that uh uh they had not um that the Grizzlies had not used uh, Powell's number 16 until uh, last season when Tony Douglas had it. Um, so, oh, okay. Th- yeah. So th- that's interesting that they, you know, they kept it out of circulation for that long, but then they used it for uh, Tony Douglas. Of-, of course that year, that uh, that was the year where they had like 25 guys on the uh, roster because of all the horrific injuries they had. So um, I believe that was last year. So, uh, you know, the- the- <laughs> they may have needed it at that point after uh, you know, having so many guys out. But um but yeah, so I, I I don't know if that means anything or not, but it's interesting that because a lot of times this we'll see you know play the number is even if it's not officially retired it's taken out of circulation with you know maybe the intention to retire or just maybe just the intention just to not invite comparisons with the newer player uh, for a certain amount of time. But yeah, that that's interesting. I don't know what to make of that.
1: Yeah, and and, and uh, another another thing that might determine this is the fact that uh, it's. Uh, it's it's possible. I, I don't know when the date is coming up, but it's possible for the minority owners to buy Para out. And uh, you know, sometimes uh, sometimes the new ownerships uh, drive some some narratives. And perhaps if if stuff changes in Memphis, perhaps they they want to make it seem like you know we're we're about uh, history. We want to cherish guys like Pau. And uh, m- maybe the opposite happens, and they don't uh, they don't remember him. So that might also influence the way uh, things uh, things end up.
0: Yeah, for for sure um next we have uh, so those are all the teams that that have no numbers retired now we have to one number retired uh the uh, the Charlotte Hornets who um, retired uh, Bobby Phils who, uh, who who died in uh, January to- 2000 when he was in a uh, he was in a porsche that uh, spun out of control and uh, collided with another meat another vehicle. And this was moments after he left a morning practice at the Charlotte uh, practice facility. So very near to where other players were. We'll get into the details on that in a moment, but yeah, he was only 30 years old. He'd spent three um, seasons with the uh, Hornets and, uh and yeah, actually his teammates were there with, you know, club officials immediately after the um, accident. Cause it occurred less than a mile from Charlotte Coliseum. They had a game scheduled that night, but it was, it was postponed um, obviously. And uh He was, uh, six months later, his teammate, David Wesley was convicted of reckless driving, but acquitted of racing charges. Um... And uh, yeah, and Phils was, you know, he, he was a he was a good player. He went kind of from a 10 day contract uh, into a nine year career and was was called by Michael Jordan to be the toughest ender, defender he'd ever faced and had a career uh, three point percentage of a 39 percent. So a very good three point uh, low volume, but probably uh, that part of his game would have uh, aged very well in this uh, in this era. And uh, so he was, his jersey was retired um, about a month later, February 9th, 2000, in a game against the uh, Cavaliers' his former team. And um, another interesting thing is that his, his number uh, actually um, remained with the, the original Hornets franchise when they moved to New Orleans. And when they transferred the Hornets name as, the, as they became the Pelicans and they, the Bobcats became the Hornets, Uh, the new Hornets raised number 13 to the rafters in uh, 2014. And when they went in New Orleans, they actually uh, put the number 13 Jersey uh, in their practice facility and not in the smooth, the King center. Uh, The uh, Phil's actually had ties to Louisiana as well. I I think he was from Baton Rouge or or went to school in Baton Rouge, but um, so there was a connection there, but, um that's obviously that that's an odd one to have happen of course you know with the the, the circumstances of of why they retired his jersey and, and having of course moving cities a couple of years later but that's uh that's not, not quite unique situation because a couple of other instances it did to happen but it's certainly a that, that's sort of a hard one to uh handle i like guess it's, it's nice that the uh the new hornets team took that history and and brought the banner back to uh to charlotte
1: yeah, and and, and I, I, again, uh, similarly to what I said about Memphis, I, I think it probably shows something uh, that uh, the Michael Jordan's Hornets wanted to wanted, wanted to make a point uh, uh, by bringing the jersey back because uh, obviously it was George Shinn back then who who put it up, who owned the team during the 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 tragedy. And uh, yeah, uh, and, and in this case, I, I guess that's a testament to Bobby Phil's character. You know, the, the fact that it, it was even uh, retired, and uh, yeah, that's a message that Hornets organization wants wants to put across that uh, you. know, know they respect the memory of him
0: yeah and there have been you know a few players i would say in you know hornets uh, bobcats history who you you would like no slam dunk absolute candidate but you look at um you know uh, gerald wallace who was you know per- probably the, definitely the standout bobcat uh larry johnson uh glenn rice uh, alonzo morning all of course had successful but relatively short stints with the uh, franchise uh of course Muggsy bogues probably the you know the best known hornet the long-term hornet of uh Uh, franchise history the the ending there went pretty badly with him in the franchise so maybe that's the reason it didn't get retired at that time and probably when the team of course transitioned cities there was you know less of a um incentive to re- retire his jersey and then maybe that it's kind of got lost in the shuffle but that seems like an obvious one. Uh anyone else that would stand out to you or any, it, what do you think of the cases of, you know, of kind of those guys?
1: Yeah, since I have written for at the Hive and I have followed the the Horncats extensively during these last years, I, I would like to see Gerald Wallace's jersey retired uh because uh, uh it's 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 a it's a case where yeah, that it wasn't the player's fault that the team stunk and he certainly gave it all he had and uh, it it was almost like the league's best secret during those years in between 2010 and 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 2007, where, where you might see him on some top tens. But uh, Wallace was among the most entertaining players in the NBA due to his hustle and, and willingness to give up his body and in kind of uh, similar ways like the like the other guys you mentioned. It, it, the divorce was kind of sad and Gerald certainly wasn't happy about the way things ended. And I I would hope that the franchise patches things up with him. But uh, yeah, on, on the other hand, I, I can cannot imagine it happening because he's he's sort of during those during that bobcats age and uh i'm not certain whether they ever want anything uh you know affiliated with that name to to be brought back and uh I'm not too thrilled about some of the other guys, just because I, I, I sort of value longevity over you know short-time success, but uh, I'd almost rather make a case for Moxie Bogues or Odell Curry than uh, someone like LJ or Alonso, because uh, yeah, it, it, it seems like the, the franchise is waiting to retire the jersey of a real all-star who sticks with Charlotte and Kemba will probably become the one, but uh, I think Moxie and Odell also deserve it, you know, due to the the fact that they have hung around and Dell's announced games for, for quite some seasons now, and then uh, just was passed and uh overall points scored uh, just the other day by Kemba.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean I think he's definitely going to be likely to be the one in the future. You know, he's already had enough time there where um you know assuming there's not a bad ending with him in the Hornets like there have been with a lot of other guys, I I think that's a strong uh case. Uh, for that, yeah, it'd be nice to see Gerald Wallace. I mean, he he was a he was an excellent player. I mean, he wasn't obviously the star on the, especially that Larry Johnson and uh, and and Morning were, but uh, but yeah, he definitely was a very good player for uh, that franchise. So next we have the uh, the Timberwolves and their retired numbers, similar circumstances. Uh, Malik Seeley, who died in May of two thousand in a, a car crash. Um, he had two seasons with the Wolves. He'd uh, also played with the Pacers, Clippers, and Pistons in his career. And he, uh, he died after um, he had attended a birthday party for Kevin Garnett and was killed by a drunk driver on the uh, way home. Uh, And he was off the court. He was known as an entrepreneur. He um, his mother taught him how to sew when he was in fifth grade. And he also founded his own company that designed uh, ties and clothing and um, was also a it was also was involved in acting appeared on uh, TV shows, uh, including Diagnosis Murder and the basketball movie Eddie. And his father was a bodyguard for Malcolm X. That's how he got the name uh, Malik. So. Um, yeah, the Timberwolves are another team where the, the, of course, relatively new, and they have not had a lot of great periods of success. Uh, obviously, the player who uh, deserves his jersey retired the most is uh, Kevin Garnett. Um, the the fact that that hasn't happened is apparently uh, relationship issues with Glenn Taylor, the uh, owner, for for what seemed like various reasons, including the him, him Garnett not feeling like the team. Uh, paid the proper tribute to uh, flip Saunders after he passed away. Um, so obviously that, that I'm likely, I feel like that probably will happen at some point. Um, but that's sort of the interesting one Um, in terms of guys who are on the horizon, you know, there's the, it's a little bit too, too soon to tell obviously, but there's, you know, the the core guys now of Carl Anthony Towns, uh, Andrew Wiggins, and Dream Butler seem like, you know, they, they're candidates depending on the success of the team. And then the only other player really, I think that that would stand out to be good enough. uh, Although he was very good in years that the team was very bad would be Kevin Love.
1: Yeah. And uh, I think that, you know, Garnett will probably make amends with ownership at some point, but uh,
0: uh, yeah, Flip Saunders is is
1: is a, is, a, is an interesting one because uh, we'll see later that, that later in the podcast that uh, other teams certainly do retire uh, signature coaches, and then uh, as we just heard about Malik Seeley and then Bobby Phils, a uh, franchise could certainly make a move once once a once a person has passed away, and you know, sort of they sort of uh, retire his his number to commemorate his his memory, and uh, you know, they definitely had an opportunity to do that with Flip and uh, put up his initials or whatever they felt like was the, was the proper way to pay tribute, and uh, it hasn't happened. And the longer the time passes, it it will only get more awkward. So, um, I, I wonder what happens there because he certainly he certainly has the has the totals and and the number of seasons which make him pretty much a, a
0: Timberwolves lifer. Yeah, absolutely uh yeah and flip would be an excellent choice too i hadn't thought of one for some reason but he he would be uh good as as well um yeah it'd be interesting to see um yeah I, we would think Garnett would be uh, there. they would love to do that but i, I guess the it depends on how things go with the relationship. Uh, next, we have the New Orleans Pelicans, who uh, retired Pete Maravich's number, of course, did not play for the uh, the Hornets Pelicans uh, franchise uh, because it did not exist when he was in the uh, league. But uh, his jersey was retired in 2002 when the um, Hornets moved to New Orleans. Uh, his jersey was also retired by the uh, Louisiana Superdome in uh, 1988 uh probably after he passed away um and obviously he was one of the great college scorers of all time at lsu and a signature star for the jazz when they were in new orleans um something that's sort of interesting is that um his jersey was actually taken down uh when the smoothie king center underwent renovations which this is uh this is from an april two- 2014 column in the in the Times that yeah and i guess actually the bobby phil's banner came down as well some We maybe maybe the Bobby, we said about the the practice in the Smoothie King Center. Maybe maybe it was up there after it was taken down in the uh in the arena, but either way, uh, and also Maravich's uh streamer on the Superdome Wall of Fame, along with a bunch of saints, were taken down, which is replaced by a new saints ring of honor. So, um, so right now he doesn't actually have a um a tribute in the arena, perhaps it's it's hung up in the practice facility like it was for Bobby Phil's, but. Uh, and there's a Pelicans and Saints uh, public relations quote says um, that there are plans to uh, to to include him there, and there's architectural renderings already in place, and there's a you know a plan to include you know other greats of in professional basketball in New Orleans and Louisiana that also include Bob Pettit. Um, I, I, I've been to the Smoothie King Center. I know they did have some sort of displays there, like on the outside, and you know Pettit was among those. Maravich probably was too. I don't remember off the top of head um but yeah it's a little bit odd that um you know they, they didn't hang it back up maybe it was just one of those things where because he didn't play for the franchise they wanted to honor him in some other way and it's not like he's hurting for recognition but it, it does definitely seem like new orleans is the place where his you know certainly his nba and maybe his basketball legacy you know belongs the most yeah definitely and i
1: i like the city rather than the team connection uh for example if, if buffalo buffalo had a team all of a sudden, for whatever reason, it probably won't happen. But I'd be all for a Bob McAdoo and a Randy Smith jersey there. Uh, so I do hope they bring Maravich back because you know sometimes it just makes more sense. And and the way franchises move, it definitely there's definitely less continuity there. So if if a player belongs to a city, I'm all
0: for it. In terms of other omissions, um, you know, there's a couple of guys who sort of, um, you know, because of the move from Charlotte to New Orleans who kind of get split in um, history, like PJ Brown, he had two years in Charlotte and uh, and then four years in New Orleans. One of those were in both New Orleans and OKC when they were briefly in Oklahoma City after the hurricane. And then Baron Davis, who had three seasons in Charlotte and two and a half seasons in New Orleans. And, and uh, I would say Baron maybe is the stronger case. Neither guy particularly is you know a huge standout. The team was not huge successful during that time or anything but it, you know they just it's sort of interesting that it sort of takes away from any longevity argument that they have because of, of splitting that up um you know guys who on the horizon who you could see getting their jerseys retired um anthony davis of course who's playing there right now is you know I, I think he's already probably done enough to merit it um it would depend you know maybe on um you know, if if things ended badly, maybe it wouldn't happen. But other than that, I think he's basically done enough there. Uh, Chris Paul, of course, uh, who, you know, began his career there and had a lot of great years. That one, you know... um I, I guess you could kind of go either way, depending on how you know the feelings were at the end there. And then the other guy would be David West, who um, you know obviously wasn't as great as those players, but was kind of the heart and soul, you know, for the you know those couple years that the Hornets were, you know, with with Paul, were you know pretty strong team, you know, challenging the Spurs in the playoffs and and so forth. Yeah, I, ho- I hope that Paul
1: is, is a no brainer for them. At least I think he should be, and uh, David West will probably be, be heard by that stretch because uh, he he played eight years with the franchise, uh, two also. But uh, I I looked at the attendance numbers and uh, five years out of those eight, the team was 25th or lower in attendance. And uh, Katrina happens right in the middle of that. And I think it really hurts those teams in regards to their local recognition because uh, there were simply more serious concerns at hand. And I, I wonder... What type of connection does the average, you know, New Orleans citizen feels with David West? Because I, I, I would guess that there is probably a little one, although in, in other cases he might get his, uh, his jersey retired if it was a, for any other franchise.
0: Yeah, it's a little bit like, it's a little bit like, I mean, I think he's a better player, but he's a little bit like Tony Allen in Memphis, only, you know, Tony Allen was so embraced by the fans of Memphis and David West, you know, the... the you know the, the Pelicans fans didn't have that same sort of level of um, support for the team. You know, understandable given the circumstances, but um, but so you 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 could see him kind of going in as a call favorite like that. But because he doesn't necessarily have that same level of recognition in, in terms of the community, then that that seems obviously less likely.
1: Yeah, and it's it's even more awkward when you, when you think about it because today's fans are, basic, they, they should be called Pelicans fans and, and yet David West played for the Hornets, which, uh, you know, those, those are basically the the, uh, the Hornets years uh, where, where you sort of, you know, you, when you hear the Hornets, you think of Charlotte, but they had some seasons in New Orleans. And then, yeah, that's a, that's a stretch that probably will be forgotten in New Orleans basketball, uh, besides Chris Paul, because yeah, I, I hope that he, he, he gets his due.
0: Yeah, you would think so. I mean, I I, I guess, again, the... the acrimony over him leaving would be the only reason I would think that there would be any likelihood it wouldn't happen, but it, it you never know. Uh, it's uh, with these teams who haven't really retired numbers, it's kind of, it's hard to judge what they will do, and obviously different, you know, front offices, different ownership, you know, et cetera, They all have different criteria anyway. So
1: yeah, they can they can certainly they can certainly make the move, or you know, they they set the they set the tempo by just uh, retiring Anthony Davis first, and just basically you know sending across message that they are forgetting about the Hornets days, which is I think it's a possibility. Uh, in, in some small way
0: yeah well you know if Anthony Davis is there for his career or, or what have you they may want to just um they may want to save it for, and give him the honor of it being first and then you know honor Paul later or whatever you know that, that, that's a possibility too you know I guess we'll see how how that goes so yeah next to the sort of a strange one that you talked about a little bit before, uh, Orlando Magic who have retired number six for the fans for the, considering the fans the sixth man, uh, otherwise have not retired any jerseys. Uh, Patrick Ewing did wear the number six after the jersey was um, retired. Um, so in 2002 he's the only uh, only player to have worn six for the uh, magic. Uh, now, the Magic say that they do have a criteria for retiring with Jersey. They have not publicly revealed that and only saying that no one has met it yet. Um, it's assumed that winning a championship is, you know, is, is the prerequisite for that. and Obviously, they have not won a championship. Um there is an Orlando Magic um, Hall of Fame. Tracy McGrady was recently inducted into it. It also includes uh, Pat Williams and Jimmy Hubert, who were the team co-founders, uh, Nick Anderson, Shaquille O'Neal, uh, Penny Hardaway, and owner uh, Rich DeVos. Uh, do you have any feelings about approaching it this way as opposed to a number retirement?
1: I, I really don't know, but... Um... I guess it's it's cool to return back to see faces you haven't seen, have uh, your moment, but uh, teams also hold reunions for title teams or, you know, significant cores, and uh, I, I sort of don't see how the, that, that differs from this then, because uh, almost every anyone who has ever been on a significant team for, you know, that particular city has had the chance to go back for a reunion and sort of have his own night, and I, I guess the difference might be that it isn't yours personally, that it is more so for the team, but uh, it, still, I, I see what they are doing doing but i think a number in the raptors is something that's always there you know something that you can always see when you step in the arena and that that to me seems like much more and then it feels a bit of a cop-out but uh you know, uh, I think I think we'll see with uh, teams further down the line that uh, it it might be a good idea to sort of uh, not get carried away with it. So maybe maybe they're doing something right, and I'm not seeing the full picture, but I don't really like it.
0: Yeah, I I don't. I mean, yeah, they can do whatever they want. Obviously, I I don't I don't know. There's something about it that just feels like you know, oh, we're special. Oh, we're different. We're gonna do it this way, and it just seems like the the reason it it seems a little bit nonsensical to do it that way. But I also get the other problem is, um, you know, like other teams have talked about, you know, the guys who you know would be in there: Tracy McGrady, Penny Hardaway, Shaquille O'Neal, um, and and maybe Nick Anderson. All you know, all those guys um, were great players for a short time who left because Nick Anderson being the exception, he was there for a long time. But you know, Shaq, Penny, and McGrady all were there relatively short periods of time. Uh, McGrady and Hardaway both had the same number, number one. Now um, that makes a huge difference, but um you know the fact is is that uh you know and those guys are kind of left under not the best circumstances so um you, you know I, yeah I mean I guess doing it that way I mean they're honoring guys which is which is good um I don't know putting the owners in there um seems sort of I don't know self-congratulatory or, or what have you but um and I'm not the biggest fan of the DeVos family so maybe that adds to it a little bit for me but um Nevertheless, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, like I said, I, I wouldn't say it's wrong. It just feels like unnecessary, I guess. Um, but it's not my team. So, well, uh, what can yeah. you do? I, um, Magic fans don't seem to like have a huge problem with it. I, from what I've uh, gathered on the uh, internet, they don't seem, I mean, you know, like they're honoring the players. It's good enough that you can go to the Hall of Fame. I, so, so, so that's something, um, I don't know. I, of course, you know, I, I don't think there's any big omissions from that hall of fame. You know, maybe you could see like a, a Daryl Armstrong or Dennis Scott going in at some point, And then the, 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 guys who, you know, are, Later going to be interesting is the 2009 uh, title team, you know, Richard Lewis, uh, Hito Turgaloo, or both, of course, retired now. I th- I could see them definitely being honored that way. Jameer Nelson, I would imagine, given his longevity with the franchise. And then, you know, the, the tricky one, um, and I assume he'll be honored um, with Dwight Howard. Yeah, and I'd
1: actually be a bit hurt if I was Dennis Scott, because I feel like that's the four. If, if you include... Nick Anderson. Then uh, I feel like you have to mention Dennis Scott as well. Um, perhaps it's it's in the workings and uh, it happens in the future. But I, I feel like he 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 has to be. And we're now debating about a Orlando Magic Hall of Fame, which is another <laughs> step down. But I I, f- I feel like he
0: has to be there. Uh,
1: I, I, at least at least that's my opinion about it. Yeah,
0: yeah. He his uh, he he left in under not the best circumstances either. But um, uh, yeah, so but... many burned bridges. Yes. So, well, you know, I honestly, I guess, yeah, not just with the magic, but with well, with all these teams, I guess it has been, which I guess is why they've not retired the main numbers is because it, it, it's it gone poorly. So, um, so now we're getting to franchises that have retired a few numbers. Um, the, uh, the Mavericks, uh, Derek Harper, Brad Davis, and Rolando Blackman, um, and Derek Harper was retired just uh, in January of 2018, so so fairly recently. Um, it actually seems like it seems sort of odd that they waited that long to uh, do it. Um, I, I couldn't find whether there was a story behind whether they why they took that long, but they did. Um, and. It was a little bit of a surprise to me when I first looked into this, uh, Brad Davis, the fact that his number had been retired and the fact that it was the first number retired in uh, Mavericks history. Um, he had career averages of 8.2 points and 4.9 assists. He was never an all-star. And in fact, in the last six years of his career, all with the Mavericks, he didn't even average more than 20, point, 20 minutes per game. So was a, you know, a, you know, a reserve for the second half of his career, um, but he was the final Maverick remaining from the team's first season in 8081, so he had a lot of longevity with the franchise and has had a role with the team, you know, pretty much ever since he was assistant coach for a while, and has then has been a TV or radio commentator for the Mavs. So he's certainly lasted with the franchise, but it's. Uh the fact that they retired his number and the fact that they were in such a rush to retire his number after he retired, uh, is just, is just sort of interesting. Um, given the circumstances.
1: Yeah. And it's a real contrast to the, it's, it's basically a lifetime recognition one, uh, Uh, The one which Del Curry, for example, hasn't received in Charlotte, and I I think Del Curry is a much better player, and uh, he also has commentated and and stayed with the team, and, uh, you know, in a way, more power to the Mavs organization. If if they felt like uh, Brad Davis had been such part of their culture and their team, so be it. Um, As I said, I I like the longevity ones, and uh, I guess this is where my stance on these things show, because, uh, but uh, yeah, on the other hand, it's certainly odd that... (laughs) You know, Derek Harper had to wait for so long for his jersey to be retired because uh, uh, if if you look at, at their totals, uh, he played 11 games fewer than Brad, so he's also you know a man lifer. Yet he scored almost 5,000 points more. So I, I don't really get the math behind that, and I, I certainly haven't heard anything you know bad about Derek Harper as, as far as his uh, you know character or whatever was concerned during his time with Dallas. So I, I don't know. Maybe maybe there's something behind the scenes there, but it's 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 very odd. It it almost when it happens in 2018 you almost wonder why it took so long and whether there was a chance that it wouldn't have happened at all
0: yeah it's um a little surprising yeah and uh and Rolando Blackman wasn't until 2000 although that was not that long after he retired I mean I think he he was uh, mid to late 90s I I believe he retired so um so that, that seems like a reasonable time frame but um in terms of omissions uh some real interesting ones um Mark Aguirre, who was, you know, really standout scorer for the um, Mavericks uh, during the 80s, you know, led them to some, you know, some fairly good playoff success, including the 88 Western Conference Finals, Uh, had a fallout with Dick Mata and traded to the Pistons in 89. And that that was definitely that was probably similar to a, a, a a Vince Carter situation where there was a lot of sulking and there was a lot of, you know, almost a sandbagging the team kind of thing um, before he got traded. And uh, also he was a no-show at uh, the, um, at Derek Harper's um, uh, retirement ceremony. And he was scheduled to be one of the four speakers to speak there. And then he was a no-show. And then Brad Davis actually subbed him as a speaker. So uh, there was a, a report from sports day from Dallas news where, um, the, none of the Mavericks employees knew where he – where uh had heard from him, knew why he wasn't there, and several expressed disappointment in him. And so that may have something to do with the fact that why his number hasn't been retired yet if he is – can't be uh, – if he can't make that ceremony. But uh he's definitely – you know, there's, there probably are some – those types of behind-the-scenes reasons behind him not being. The the only other thing is that of, of course, you know, winning the championship with the Pistons, you know, is he's probably even though he wasn't there for that long, he's probably more tied in people's minds to, you know, the Pistons and, you know, be winning the championship there than he is to the Mavericks despite, you know, being one of the better players in their history.
1: Yeah, and I I thought I, I, I really figured that, you know, they had mended their relationship. I, I remember that uh, they sort of they were doing these roundtables like Five or six years ago, and I looked the Mavs one up as we as we were talking, and I remember around TMC came together, if I remember correctly, and and the same the same happened with the late '80s Mavericks, and uh, Mark Aguirre was present for that one, so I, I figured that you know their relationship is okay because uh, you know it, it's certainly one of those situations where uh, the players were weren't holding anything back, and during during the years. Everyone who was with the Mavs back then—they cer- certainly spoke out how Mark became, you know, <laughs> an irritant during those later this, those uh, later years and, and the year he was traded and that he wasn't happy to be there. So um, yeah, it's 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 probably it's it's probably an, uh, 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 an uh, something that was ugly behind the scenes back then, and I, I think they still can't get over it. At least it appears so. If he if he really stood them up and uh, you know didn't arrive at Derek's, uh, you know, jersey retirement.
0: Yeah um other two others that kind of stand out uh Michael Finley who uh, it, it didn't really occur to me until later on but yeah absolutely was. You know, really uh, after those terrible years in the uh, in the 90s for the Mavericks, he was really helped, you know, start them back on a path to respectability. Of course, you know, Dirk and Nash, you know, being a big part of that as well. But he was really the, the you know, the, the the better player of those three for a while and, you know, really helped lead them into, you know, great success as, as they both developed. Um, And uh, and Jason Kidd, of course, you know, at two cents with the Mavs, was part of their championship team in 2011 and uh, I do remember from when Kid left the Mavs for the Knicks and free agency in 2012, you know, Cuban was angry. Um, he, and, and and Cuban even said, um, you know, I- I'm sure I'll get over it at some point, but as of right now, I wouldn't put J Kid's number in the uh, rafters. So he was, uh, he was very upset about, uh, about the situation at the time. I don't know if that's really changed. Um, you know, um, Kid obviously got his, his uh, jersey retired by the Nets, which we'll get to in a little bit. So Maybe there's, you know, and he's been, he got fired from the books, obviously, but he's been active coach, you know, pretty much since he left the league. So maybe you don't want the optics of retiring a number of an opposite coach, you know, that, that kind of thing. But, um, but yeah, that that's you know I I would say that he you know he certainly seems deserving as one of the great players in their uh, in their history.
1: Yeah, and I, I think I had the same reaction to Finley's name uh, as as you had because I, I noticed him, and, and then this is where context almost you know changes my perspective because I, I was waving the Gerald Wallace flag for the Bobcats or or the Hornets, and and it made sense to me. And uh, here we have Blackman and Harper with Nowitzki coming up, and it's almost like. Uh, well you know finley you you weren't that important to, to the Dallas Mavericks, and the standard has been set right and uh, while those years for for Michael Finley are probably up to par with Wallace's contributions if if not even more important uh you know it, it's it's just not the same thing when you're you're playing for the dallas Mavericks and uh, i I guess this is you know the the cutoff point where you know we can we, we can sort of see how things change with time and then the context really matters because uh, some lesser players can get retired uh, with other teams and then someone might you know have, have a good stint and uh then and then uh he he doesn't seem all that all that sexy of a choice
0: right yeah I mean he was like you know obviously and I think it's partly because you know the post Finley and Nash Mavs were even better you know with Durka they obviously won the championship in 2011 and they had some really strong seasons before that um so, w- while the Mavericks had never had the kind of success that they had had at that point in the early 2000s, they exceeded it later. And so you kind of got lost in that shuffle. Um, even though, like I said, he was a really important player at, at that time. You know, I, I think he was an all star at least a couple times. So, uh, you know, w- w- was very successful there. Um, in terms of, you know, on the horizon, obviously, you know, they'll retire Drake number uh, as soon as they probably can. Um, and, it'll, you know, be interesting to see which other players from the 2011 team get their jersey retired. Um, I, I think Jason Terry is very likely, given his longevity in uh, Dallas. Uh, other possibilities, um, Sean Marion, who actually was in Dallas for five years, was a really important part of that team. Uh, Tyson Chandler, who was actually only—he was there in 2011, and then he came back uh, for a season later. Uh, so I, I think that's less likely, but— um, I would say, given his importance to that team, it's not out of the realm possibility. And then JJ Barea, who of course, <laughs> who, who's uh, was also very important, and also left and came back, so uh, he's had enough longevity with the franchise. Again, I think that's I think Chandler and Barea are. Um, outside chances I don't think Marion's super likely either although I think the, the case is strong there given longevity of you know him playing there even though obviously we mostly think of him I think playing with the Suns but he had a lot of longevity with Mavericks as well uh, and then you know I guess Steve Nash you know he has a similar thing as Finley although he obviously you know was, is a Hall of Famer and had MVPs and all that but that happened with a different franchise so I don't think it's super likely either although I think I believe he still has a close relationship with Cuban so maybe there's a possibility there but uh um, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. What, what do you, uh, outside of, outside of jerk, what do you think of the rest of those guys?
1: Uh, I, it, it seems like Terry played like, I don't know, three more seasons with Dallas than Finley did. And it is not true, but, uh. The, the title and, and the cult status of a sixth man, I I think it makes Terry seem like an easy choice to make. Plus, he was, you know, he made some of those biggest, some of the big shots in, in the Miami series. So I, I think he'll get in. Um, Not not really certain about the other guys. And, uh, you know, if, if you think about it, JJ, uh, JJ Beret is almost like the modern, the modern... Uh, the modern uh, I'm blanking on the name already. The modern Brad Davis, uh, who was <laughs> who who so was in a way so forgettable that I forgot about him like five minutes after. But uh, yeah, he has a title to his name, and, and as we'll see with certain other teams, uh, JJ Barea would definitely get uh, you know his number retired with them uh, just just due to the fact that he was around for so long that he won a championship. And uh, yeah, it, it, I think that will be the most interesting thing to see how how Cuban handles that one if he's still around because uh, he 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 is the 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 crowd favorite who wasn't a good enough player but uh you know has everything else uh, in
0: order for him to to be considered so next we have the uh the wizards uh bullets franchise and uh, they have retired uh, four numbers uh actually i'm i'm sorry uh, five numbers as of this uh because uh, phil cheneer has re- retired in uh, march 23rd so uh, so, so Phil Chenier is forty-five. Uh, Roman number ten. Elvin Hayes, number eleven. Gus Johnson, twenty-five. And Wes Unseld, number forty-one. Uh, also worth noting that the Wizards have actually never uh, issued twenty-three since uh, Michael Jordan retired in uh, two thousand and three. So that that's uh, interesting. Um, given the uh the the breakup there. Uh, for whatever reason, it was really hard to pin down the retirement dates for the uh, Wizards. They're they're pretty available for most of the franchises, but they were a little bit trickier to get for the uh, Wizards. But uh, Unsell was uh, retired on uh, no- November third, nineteen eighty one. It was the home opener for the franchise the season after he retired. And then Elvin Hayes was 17 days later, which was a uh, in a Rockets' bullets game, and that was after he had gone back to the to Houston, to play for the Rockets for the remainder of his uh, career. Uh, obviously, that was the breakup of the uh, Hayes uh, unselled team that you know went to a bunch of finals and won the championship in '78. And then Gus Johnson's was retired in uh, in 1986, and Earl Monroe was retired in um, I, I, I'm. Actually, not 100% sure. It was either December of 07 or December of 08 here. <laughs> but either way, it was retired around that time. I And uh, he is maybe slightly surprising given that he was only there for four years and left the franchise with very bad feelings. But, of course, he's also, you know, all-of-amor. All and it, you know, makes sense that, you know, uh, you know may, helped lead them to the finals along with um, Unseld in 71. So it's not, not that surprising, but that maybe a little bit surprising um, you know, given the fact they've retired to a few numbers, uh, there isn't really a huge surprise here.
1: Yeah, and I, I believe we have our first, uh, if, if I didn't skip out on anyone, I, I believe we have our first player who actually went back to his, you know, old team, uh, as as did Elvin Hayes, uh, where he played two additional times at Washington uh, after initial game in which his number was retired so that makes up for three games and he, he played in an arena which had his number retired because uh, yeah as 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 it had this, as we had the story about Zebo and Tony Allen uh, you know Memphis will only retire theirs after they end their career so it's uh, interesting sort of how franchises sort of make these decisions about the timing of it and uh, although yeah, I think I think he's the first one, right? Uh, we didn't have anyone who who had his during his career.
0: Um, yeah, I, I, we will. At this I, point, at this point, yeah, that, that this is the first one, actually. Yeah, active. That, that that's fairly rare. It's happened a few times here and there. We'll, we'll have to count and see uh, who else did it because I I can't think of uh, too many off the top of my head for sure. Um, uh, let's see. Um. Yeah, in terms of omissions, I mean, uh, it's interesting because you look at someone like Walt Bellamy, who had some uh, very strong years in the, the very early years of the franchise, but it's actually, that was, you know, even to a degree in Chicago for the first two years with the Packers and the Zephyrs, and then a couple years with the Bullets, you know, they, they had one strong playoff run, I, I think it was 66, 65 or 66, Um And um, Bobby Dandridge, who didn't have a lot of longevity in Washington, but was a very significant part of those, you know, two finals teams, the championship team in 78 and 79. And um, the only other player who, based on their play, would merit it, but is probably not going to, would be Gilbert Arenas. Um, That, you know, he was absolutely the star that, you know, made the Wizards relevant in the late 2000s, along with anton jameson and Cron butler the two of them one of the two of them maybe i could see but yeah, obviously arenas with the uh the incident with the the guns in the locker room. I'm sure they're not going to be uh touching him anytime soon.
1: Yeah, and it's tough because again the standard has been set. Uh, it's it's very really tough to surpass Ansel's or Hayes's longevity and success. And uh, shout out to our friend Adam Cribley who made a good argument that the bullets might have been the team of the '70s. And uh, you know how how do you even how do you even uh, come after that because uh, Gilbert Arenas's name. Again, all due respect to his his time in Washington, it, it almost seems like you know he he doesn't deserve to be up there due, due to the fact how you know uh, what what do you what do you think of the those previous names. Oh, although I, I guess in, in, in a way his time could be somewhat compared to Earl Monroe's, you know, a, a flash in the pan. Uh, not, not that the not that the guys didn't you know have consistent seasons, but you know it was like three or four years that they really had it together in Washington and sort of ended in uh, ugly terms, much more ugly in in regards to Gilbert. But uh, yeah, it's, it's it's just tough to imagine his jersey up there, you know, right by those guys.
0: Yeah. Um... Yeah, in terms of guys, you know who are on the horizon, um, you know, you like John Wall. I think is obviously the leading contender. Uh, you know, in terms of, you know, he's already had pretty significant longevity there, lots of All Star appearances. You know, they've they've gone fairly deep in the playoffs and have had you know good good success. Not you know obviously tremendous success, but. Good success, you know, Bradley Beal, you know, another guy who, you know, might have a case after a few years uh, and and a guy who I think is unlikely, but in terms of maybe being a a cult favorite would be um, Marcin Gortat, you know, just because, um, you know, those are the kind of the three mainstays that have, you know, been there since they've been, you know, a a solid, you know, um, 50-ish win team over the last few years.
1: Yeah, Wall Wall definitely gets there. I think uh, you know uh, it's it, that that one's pretty obvious. And uh, yeah, it's it's up to it's up to Bradley Beal to sort of hang around because uh, he also he also has the makings of someone who could uh, you know be a, a lifer who get who gets recognized after after the years pass by.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, given the fact that the that the Wizards haven't re- really retired, uh, you know, cult favorites. So uh, the, the, you pretty much have to be Hall of Famer, it seems like, to uh, to get your name uh, retired uh, there. Um, yeah. So next we have the uh, Indiana Pacers. Uh they have um retired five player numbers and then also um owner Mel Simon in two thousand and nine, uh, uh George McGinnis, Reggie Miller, Mel Daniels, Roger Brown, and uh, Slick Leonard. they retired five twenty nine for the number of wins he had with the franchise. Um and uh they actually retired um um McGinnis, Daniels, and Brown all on November second, uh, nineteen eighty five. And um We'll get to a little bit more on that in just a moment. Uh, not really anybody who has been retired. No, no surprises in terms of that because you know, like I said, they haven't retired any uh, that many players, and all of them are, of course, among the all-time greats in uh, franchise history. No, 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 Strike was there for sure.
1: Yeah, the 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 moment I saw those names, it, it made sense, and I, I instantly thought of Freddie Lewis. And then the story you 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 will you know you will bring up, it will explain a lot. But I, I think there's you know the the ones that are up there, you know, it makes total sense, and it, it's it's it, it doesn't seem like there are that many candidates left.
0: Yeah, I mean, Mark Monteith wrote. Um... Uh, about Freddie Lewis, where you know, uh, and, and mentioning you know he's had three-time All-Star, three uh, titles, and four Finals appearances. He was the um, also was the MVP of the nineteen seventy-two playoffs, and was the captain of those Pacers teams. Uh, and uh, when the Pacers decided to retire the uh, numbers, they sent a questionnaire out to local media. They were asked to list their top three choices, which basically guaranteed there only be three chosen, and you know Lewis was. The, the fourth guy on that list which is true but you know he deserved it nearly as much as those guys did so the Pacers never went back and honored him and he's kind of been left off you know the history despite that um the other guy from those teams you know who had would have a passing chance to be Bob Nitaliki who was a four-time all-star but was obviously less important than those guys and probably you know not quite as deserving of those accolades. Although certainly wouldn't be wrong to retire him either
1: yeah and then, then he, he he's the he's the other name I thought of and uh yeah Lewis has the Lewis has the game and 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 the... Uh... And those accolades, and I think you know it was an unfortunate case because I think his number should be up there. And uh, I think I think Bob also has a case because uh, you know he 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 on the, he obviously was a terrific player also, but uh, he he has the Indiana connection. He he gave up chances to go to other places. Uh, I think there was a story in Loose Balls where you know was it was a Dick Tinkham at the time who the, the general manager basically had 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 noticed that uh, his contract ran out and uh, Nedelicki could have had. You know his agent calling everyone up and and looking for alternatives, but he wanted to stay in Indiana, and they sort of you know agreed for uh, on a new contract. And he was on those championship teams, and to this day he's still working. You know to keep the ABA and and, and the Pacers' memories alive by being involved in events and, and organizations that not only celebrate the league but you know help players in in need. And I think he he should get the city connection points to be worthy of the honor. I think all of that package together make, makes him a worthy candidate. And I oh yeah, I, I do. Hope hope for his ha- sake that uh, that makes it enough you know for him for his name to be up there
0: oh yeah it'd be very nice if you know if if that were if that honor were given to uh to him for for sure that that would you know he definitely you know, would merit it for sure in terms of the 90s teams um yeah i, I think other than Reggie miller of course you know rick Smiths, he is the team's second all-time leading scorer rebounder and second in games played uh the pacers made it to the conference finals four times in the nba finals once during his time he's not a slam dunk but i i it's not a it's certainly not a bad case you know you could look at mark jackson or dale davis as well you know kind of lesser cases but we're you know good players for those teams um in the 2000s You know, uh, I thought of somebody like like Danny Granger, but um, his longevity was not as much as strong as I had remembered. But uh, Jermaine O'Neal, you know, was a six-time All-Star for the team, Um, you know, was, I think, third in MVP one year. Um, It was kind of a weird year, but still, um, you know, he was a really important player for the uh, franchise, and they had some, uh, you know, some very good teams in the early 2000s. So, um He's kind of a surprise to me. I would say, you know, of the remaining guys on this list, I think he would, you know, he, he would merit strong recognition. That's kind of that's kind of an odd one. Yeah,
1: I hope that the malice at the palace doesn't dock him points because, uh, you know, it's it would be very unfortunate that one night ruined it for him. But I I do believe that it could be a chance. The Pacers certainly don't want, you know, to bring up memories from that time. And I I find it intriguing how Rick Smiths uh, could be the best choice because uh, when I thought about it, I, I I didn't think much of his of his candidacy, but then you. Look look at his career numbers and he's he he was around for for the whole 90s decade and then was I think he was drafted like in the late 80s and I I almost feel like if he would be you know a brash Charles Oakley type that maybe we would feel differently because he he was basically a seven free guy who pops for mid-range jumpers and then then isn't you know outwardly emotional and uh, although he probably spent as much energy in that jersey as any other sender he, he He just doesn't strike you as someone, you know, who who was this who was this guy who gave it all but he probably did and it, it just did happen in, in a different fashion and i i don't want to use the word but it probably was a bit boring and uh, it doesn't you know conjure up a, an image of a player who gets his jersey retired
0: yeah right um that, that's that's a good point i think that that's, that certainly plays into um you know, the, the feelings that i'm sure you know, baseball fans have good feelings about Rick Smith, but it is not quite uh certainly hasn't been quite enough to merit a jersey retirement at least you know the team hasn't been forced to do it or anything like that so um. So the uh, next is the Miami Heat, who uh, one of the more wackier franchises in terms of jersey retirements. Um. So they've retired uh, five numbers: uh, Tim Hardaway, uh, Dan Marino. We'll get to in a moment. Uh, My- Michael Jordan, uh, Shaquille O'Neal, and Alonzo Mourning. And um. So even though Marino's number thirteen is you know up in the rafters, and you know they had a ceremony to retire the jersey. Uh, they have actually issued his number 13 to four different players uh, since 2005, including, you know, Shabazz Napier um, recently. So it's not as though, you know, it, it's it's retired using, you know, air quotes, but it's not, you know, retired in the same way as those other guys. Yeah, it's kind of a weird thing to do. Um, obviously, it's a different sport, but I, I get that, you know, Marino is obviously like an important like, you know, Miami icon. And if you want to put his banner, his number up there on a banner, I mean, I, I don't think that's weird. The weirder one to me is Michael Jordan. Um, It was retired. uh, It was like Jordan's like fourth to last game in two thousand and three that it was um, retired. It was a nice little moment with Pat Riley, like uh, you know, giving a little speech and saying, you know, uh, in honor of your greatness and for all you've done for the game of basketball, uh, we want to honor you tonight and hang your jersey from the Raptors. No one will ever wear number twenty three for the Miami Heat. You're the best. Which you know, it's a it's a nice thing to do. It just seems like. I don't know. It it, it just like it, it just seems like uh it's obviously like something that we, we tease about here and there of the uh, the heat doing and. Um... Like, I I don't know, Michael Jordan, you know, has a strong argument for being the greatest player ever, but there are like, there are other players, you know, why not retire six for Bill Russell or, you know, that kind of thing. You know, you get to that point and it's kind of like, okay, it just seems like a, just seems like a a goofy thing to do.
1: Yeah, that, that, the the thing that I it doesn't, it doesn't really bother me, but if, 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 if I would have, you know, an opinion about it, it's that it's almost like, uh. A Pat Riley <laughs> Hall of Fame or a Pat Riley uh, retired Jer- jerseys collection because it, it certainly I, I think you more so think of his name than the Heat franchise when you when you look at those names and uh, it's it seems like he just had you know all the all the input and uh, it was his word who goes up there and uh, I I don't know how it look will look like in thirty years when you know people won't won't perhaps know about Riley's connection to Jordan but. Uh, it, it is what it is, and uh, I guess the, the fact that he brought Miami those championships, I, I guess it gives him an allowance to do whatever he wants, because he's Pat Riley. Yeah. Um,
0: hey, he's Pat Riley. Hey? Uh, yeah. What can you say? Yes. Um, so that the actual first Heat player to get their jersey retired was Alonzo Mourning in uh, 2009. Um... You know, uh, in terms of omissions, I I don't think there are any egregious ones. I mean, there's a couple guys you could argue like Glenn Rice, Eddie Jones, maybe Ronnie Cycli, but no one out there really, you know, like a super strong uh, case. Um, Anyone else that stands out to you?
1: Yeah, not not really, because in a way I didn't, you know, I didn't even strongly consider someone like cycle just because you know this this list is uh, so Riley like that you only celebrate greatness and, and the greatest in then in the sport and uh, you know I I don't even think that those guys have a shot unfortunately.
0: Yeah, uh, so on the horizon, obviously Dwayne Wade at some point will get his jersey retired. Um. Uh, lebron james no one has worn number six since he left miami same with chris bosh no one's no, worn number one since he left i think those are pretty much uh no-brainers at uh, some point down the line um adonis has some, an interesting one because he definitely has that like that that cult favorite status and he's you know beloved by the uh the franchise and is you know like even though like i said that kind of goes against the um the, the pat rally idea of greatness i think he, he might have enough of a special status where he might get it despite you know the you know it's kind of the brad davis type thing
1: oh yeah he, he he's the he's the pat rally warrior i think he, he values him high enough for ud to get in and it, it will probably be an emotional light and in a way i guess it might even be you know more of a more of a worthy of, of watching it than any of the big three getting in maybe besides main maid because uh, just because of the fact that Eudonis is from Miami himself and he's an, an undrafted player and uh, yeah his, his story is is, is is so unique in a way and uh, as for the other guys I think it, it it even might require Pat Riley to retire for, for LeBron to get his one uh, up there but uh, yeah that probably will happen sometime in the future
0: yeah well I mean the fact that they can out circulation I, I would think that they have plans to do it of course that's you know that that's that's changing other circumstances so i guess we'll see what what that really means um but yeah they obviously some fences may need to be mended there for that to happen but i i would guess everyone in that situation seems reasonable enough that it probably will happen yeah probably so so next is the uh the hawks who have uh six banners up there uh five numbers among them um uh, Bob Pettit, number nine, uh, Dominique Wilkins, Lou Hudson, uh, Jason Collier, and Dikemi Mutombo, and also Ted Turner. Um Ted Turner, t- they... He was given a jersey of 17, which was uh, old Channel 17, which is what TBS originally was. But um, the, the, he does not actually have a number retired. But some people list 17 if you ever see that. That's the uh, reason. So um, so obviously the, the one that stands out there is Jason Collier, who uh, died in 2005 at age 28 when he was with the team. Uh, he, was, uh, he was caused by a cardiac rhythm disturbance caused by an enlarged heart. Um, So no one has actually worn forty for the hawk since he died. So it's not officially retired, but it's 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 taken out of circulation, and they say that no one is ever going to wear it again. But there is not a banner. I I could have sworn at one point that he actually had a banner, but um but that he really doesn't have one now, and apparently he does not um have one. uh, The way they've honored him though is they um. Have uh, they have a community service award called the Jason Collier Memorial Trophy. They also have the D League named its sportsmanship award after him in 2006. And the Hawks bring uh, family members back at the end of the season to present the award, and they all wear uh, you know, um, Collier jerseys and buttons. So they they've managed to kind of you know keep his legacy alive with the team. He didn't play that long with the team, only like a year and a half or so. But he um was. Played for Georgia Tech, so he had you know ties to Atlanta and part of the community and his family. I think are still in that uh, in that area. So it's sort of a nice way to um, you know keep keep his legacy alive, and I think that's sort of a nice way to handle a situation where like it's a little bit odd to have you know a banner of a player who was not particularly good NBA player up there just because they passed away. But to do something like this, to kind of handle it that way, I think is a nice way to do it.
1: Yeah, it's 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 sort of uh, odd how this began to happen in, in the in the 2000s because there certainly are some some guys who passed away in in, in the in the 80s and and it certainly has happened beforehand beforehand. Uh, I think Nick Wainos was the name for for a for a sort of similar Phoenix Suns center, you know, in regards that he had a similar role on the team. And uh, although Wendell Ladner is a good one from the 70s, but yeah, not, it doesn't happen always. And uh, I obviously have nothing against it. Uh, it's 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 cool. That there's something you know positive from those 2003, 2004, and uh, 04, 05 Atlanta Hawks teams, and and uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's 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 their own choice to make, and it's 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 certainly cool that uh, you know he he has a tribute paid him.
0: Yeah, um, I, I forgot to mention uh, there's actually six number retired because Pete Maravich's number was retired in uh, March of this year or sorry, March of 2017. So, uh, his was recently retired as uh as well. Um. So, uh, yeah, so one weird mystery that I could not figure it out, and I tried very hard, um, I, I, I talked to many of the basketball historians that I know, and they, they asked people... Uh, uh, Adam Kribel asked the people in St. Louis, and no one could figure out exactly when Bob Pettit's number was um, was retired. We even uh, asked Todd Spear, who helped me out with a few other questions, but uh, we we could not figure that out. So, if anybody uh, listening happens to know that, I would love to know the answer. I assume it may have happened after when he when the team was still in St. Louis uh, before it moved in uh, in '68, but I, uh, I I cannot guarantee that. Um, interesting. Another player uh, who was retired when they were still active was uh, Lou Hudson. His jersey was retired uh, March first of seventy-seven. And interestingly enough, Hudson was so uh, because Hudson was traded to the Lakers that fall. I didn't, you know, before I realized what the date was, I had assumed it was the Lakers' first game. Um, you know, in Atlanta when he was playing yeah. for the Lakers, but it actually happened when he was still with the um, Hawks. It just ha- he happened to be playing against the team he would later join. So it does seem like random timing. I, I could not find uh, any particular reason why they did it during this time. I mean, he'd been with the team for about a decade, but was now a backup. You know, maybe he had passed some sort of uh, – you know, number of games played, longevity type record. Uh, beyond that, I don't really um know, but um, so th- that's sort of an interesting thing to happen. He's definitely kind of a guy who's been you know lost in the shuffle. Not even you know, seems like a deserving Hall of Famer. Not not even you know in, in the Hall of Fame. At least he does have this um honor for him, but it's a uh, uh, kind of kind of odd.
1: Yeah, and and it it, it does happen during during a time and. I was looking this up as as you as you were telling that story. It does happen at times during when their managers change, where their general managers change. So there's there's always a possibility, you know, that somebody somebody wanted to do a, something that a move that is popular. But uh, yeah, there you have it. There's our there's our second guy who definitely got to play with the Lakers when when at Atlanta when his number was up in the Raptors already.
0: I would say that in terms of surprises, I mean, Matumbo and Maravich didn't have a whole lot of longevity with the team. Um, obviously they're very memorable players uh, and Matumbo, you know, those late nineties Hawks were actually, you know, fairly good teams. Uh, frankly, they didn't have much success with Maravich, but uh, both I think are understandable in terms of fame and impact, even if they, again, the longevity wasn't there. Um, Some omissions. I mean, I I think probably the the biggest one would be Cliff Hagan, who's a Hall of Famer, was part of the Hawks from 57 to 66 when they won their championship and went to four finals in five years and were, you know, a strong team for most of that period. He was one of the better forwards of his day and was a five-time All-Star. And it, it, it was a Hall of Famer, inducted in the Hall of Fame in 78, but probably uh, you know because of the move from st louis to atlanta never got retired and then kind of got forgotten about um and then some guys from the 80s uh and 90s hawks you know if you look at tree rollins who was there for quite a long time doc rivers who had a long time john drew who was a really good scorer for them in the uh, 70s into the early 80s but then a drug problem is probably why he never got retired and not the most longevity they ever had somebody like mookie blaylock or steve smith you know for the 90s teams um Bill, I could fairly strong longevity there. Again, none of those guys other than Hagen, I don't think any of those guys are slam dunks. Maybe Rollins might have the best case given that he, you know, he, he played like a dozen years for the uh, franchise. And on the horizon, I don't know if there's really anybody who, you know, you, you might think of like Al Horford or Joe Johnson who were, you know, good players for their recent, you know, run of good teams, but beyond that, you know, not really like one signature star that they've managed to, you know, have over the last few years that they just kind of have lacked that for the most part.
1: Yeah, and I, and I know that the timing is bad on this one, but I I, I this is probably the, the 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 retired jersey collection which I which I disliked the most because the uh, the is a very cool guy and I, I felt good for him, but uh, you know you sort of don't connect him with Atlanta, and uh, yeah, he's he's hurting due to his career arc, but you know there there just isn't a particular team which he can call his own, and uh, the fact that Cliff. Has Hagen's number is, is, is still not up there. It's It creates a, a weird contrast. And uh, Cliff Hagen is still alive and, and living in K- Kentucky, uh, at least if I can trust Wikipedia. So I think you should get him on a plane. Uh, Louisville or wherever he lives, Louisville, Atlanta is a, is a manageable flight, right? And I, I think you should do that uh, as he's he's still around. And, and uh, it, it definitely would be a nice look. And I think it should be it would be a decent thing to do. Yeah, and actually. I'll 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 add one more to your list of honorable mentions, which probably won't ever get uh, retired. But Kevin Willis
0: is also a name I thought of. Oh, but, good uh, point. Yeah, that would be up there too as well. Yeah. So uh, next we have the uh, the Nets, and they have officially retired uh, Draza Petrovic, Jason Kidd, um, uh, Bill Melchioni, um Julius Irving, uh, Buck Williams, and John Williamson. And uh, they have also uh, they took Wendell Ladner's number four out of circulation. Uh, he he died in a plane crash in seventy five, and it was um, it was again not officially retired, and apparently never in the rafters, but was not used for you know almost, almost eighteen years um, until ninety three when Rick Mahorn wore it from ninety three to ninety six. And then it wasn't worn again until 2017 when Louis Scola wore it, um, and then Julie Lepikor wears it now. And it was Ladner's number was actually on the official NBA.com list at least through 2011. So it's sort of interesting that um, that that happened. And although I guess it's not official, uh, you know, if, if if at one point it was official, he was only one of two aba exclusive players to get their number retired by a team roger brown being the um other player so that's uh that's sort of interesting and, and, and latner another case of a, a guy who's very popular of course you very colorful character from you know we, we know the stories from loose balls and uh, such that the burt reynolds uh, style poster and and all that and good friend julius Irving and you know important player for the um for the nets and um uh, but you know in another case of somebody you know who was you know maybe not because he wasn't a great player the not at the official retirement but it is kind of a bummer that they you know brought it back out of circulation I mean I, I I don't know what was behind the decision if Rick Warren really wanted it or if um you know there was just the management in the mid-90s didn't really wasn't particularly interested in keeping that promise but that's a slight disappointment but um, you know, interesting, interesting history, nonetheless.
1: Yeah, and and Rick Mahorn had played with uh, forty-four up to that point, and then the, that that was Derek Coleman's number with New Jersey. So <laughs> I wonder what was was it really a, a a situation where Mahorn just had to have his fours? Uh, I don't know, but uh, yeah, it's,
0: it's it's definitely disappointing that uh, they sort of uh, didn't keep that up. Yeah. Uh, the the first official retirement uh, was Bill Melchioni in uh, nineteen seventy six, uh, and it, of course he did play in the NBA, but was honored mainly for an ABA career. But it happened when the Nets finally joined the uh, ABA. Uh, probably better that it happened bef- before the season because as GM he was soon forced to trade Julius Irving away. So it'd be interesting to, to, if they had been if it had been a ceremony where, <laughs> where after that had happened whether he would have been uh, booed at uh, that point. I, I I don't know if. Uh, <laughs> Maybe he had enough um, love as a player where that wouldn't have happened, but you know I'm sure there was a would have been some disappointment over that for sure. Um, and the uh, I guess the most surprising out of that list is probably Super John Williamson, who um, retired. It was retired in December of 1990. He he passed away six years later at age 44. He had a kidney problems for a long time. He was of course a key part of the ABA title teams and helped you know carry them scoring wise in a couple stints after the Dr. J era. Um, had 16 fourth quarter points against the Nuggets in game six of the 76 finals to, um, uh, seal up that win. And that championship was known for not being afraid of taking the big shot. And he was quite sick by the times the Nets retired his Jersey in in a very emotional ceremony. So perhaps I'm sure his health had was, was part of the reason for the timing of, um, that, um, but yeah, uh, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say there's really anybody in Nets history who's uh, has been in a mission. I think they've handled that pretty well in terms of on the horizon. You know, you could look at guys like Vince Carter, Richard Jefferson, or Brook Lopez, but I don't think any of those choices are like absolutely like uh, I don't know. I don't want to speak for Nets fans, but I'm not sure any of them are like particularly exciting choices for the uh, franchise.
1: Yeah, the, the history of the franchise just seems too weird because. Uh you know someone like jefferson would be okay but uh, it's it's sort of the New Jersey days and i don't know how many people in the Barclays Center were watching him and and the Meadowlands and uh, yeah these these always work better if you get to retired the number before you know the team makes a move and as as we look back now i think you know we can say that the the ABA guys the, the Jerseys they retired there those make sense but now with every year that passes i think uh, a possibility for carter jefferson or even even lopez for that point it, it almost seems like uh you know it doesn't make too much sense and uh, that that's too bad for brooke lopez because i think he's the he's the franchise leader in points but which which doesn't say much but uh you know it's it's still it's still uh an achievement
0: yeah i think he just barely passed that mark uh before he was traded um i think he just like literally got got it right after that or, or was very close to that um so that's uh uh, interesting yeah given the uh given those facts but yeah i he would you know he would be an interesting choice and he was kind of the original brooklyn net to a certain extent uh or at least they had the longest longevity i'm sure of uh of any players of, of the original brooklyn nets but yeah i would guess that one probably isn't super likely so next, the Chicago Bulls, um, who have uh, four numbers retired and then two non-numbers: uh, Jerry Sloan, Bob Love, Michael Jordan, and Scottie Pippen, and then Jerry Cross and uh, Jerry Jerry Crafts and uh, Phil Jackson, both of their initials retired. Um, the first retired was Jerry Sloan in 1978. Of course, he was one of the great players and emotional leader for the uh, early '70s Bulls, who were always, you know, uh, g- great teams that never quite got, you know, over the hump but uh you know really captured the city at the time and you know we're a very good player he was known as mr chicago bull or the original bull um and um it's interesting that love um and sloan got their numbers retired although love wasn't until 1994 and chet walker and norm van Leer did not get theirs um retired uh, chet walker had a big dispute with management and and, and quit the team uh there was uh, accusations of racism and uh from Walker and lots of, you know, st- there was a lot of strife among the team with uh, coach Dick Mata toward the end as well in, in Mata being the general manager. Um, and Norm Van Leer, um, it, it, there's a really interesting article from 1994 in the Chicago reader, which I'll try to link in the short no- show notes, uh, on Van Leer. He was seemingly blackballed from the team after his playing career. And he, th- he thought that he would, um, be when Jerry Krause was was hired as GM of the Bulls he was a scout in the 70s he thought he would be able to get held on but then um and then Krause refused to hire him and there was a big dispute uh, a personal dispute between the two and um and when Cross was asked about retiring Van Leer's jersey, he said, that's not my decision. And Van Leer later said, there was a time I might have died to have that, but I'm past that. I see the banners they've got, and I know there's a little piece of me up there with them. I was the point guard. I fed them the ball. I gave up my blood for the Bulls. They can't take that from me. Now I move on to other things. So before he passed away, he had a, a, a broadcasting career and, you know, and um, you know, had had, a, had his voice in another way. But, yeah, he's sort of an odd uh, choice just because, yeah, Walker and Van Leer were both, you know, really important parts of that team, you know, kind of similar to the Pacers where, you know, there were, even though they didn't have the same team success you know there were really four players that you know keyed that team and you know were all were you know fairly equal parts of important parts of you know making that team go yeah and it's it's too bad that it seemingly uh, at least
1: from what i could read into in in that article you mentioned that seemingly a, a, a strife bef- between cross and 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 norman lear is something that you know prevented him from ever getting his knight and uh unfortunately norman lear has passed away since and I really wish someone like you know Paxson or Roman had the idea to mend those issues because uh, you know the people for whom the two probably didn't have the best words to say they they are long gone from the organization and it's and it's it's sad that uh, you know Norm never got the chance to have his night and yet they can still do right by Chet Walker and uh, you know I I think it as 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 cheesy as it sounds I think it would simply be the right thing to do so you know I, I think they should use that chance.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, some other players who, you know, you, you could definitely have some consideration. Um, uh, Artis Gilmore, Horace Grant, Dennis Rodman, Tony Kukoc. Uh, you know, Grant and Rodman obviously were important parts of the championship teams, didn't have the most longevity. You know, Rodman was really only there for, for three years. Uh, Kukoc uh, was there for longer, you know, obviously strong six-man, uh, you know, more. Again, the Bulls have been kind of – they've been pretty stingy about their retirement numbers. So, um, you know, uh, he seems less likely. I don't know anyone on there who you think has a you know particularly strong case. You know, not, not, not really, because again, you know, it's, 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 it's
1: tough to compete with Jordan and 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 Scotty. And uh, I, 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 in a way, this is almost where the Magic Hall of Fame makes more sense. And uh, you know, I know that in their case, they're waiting for their own Jordan and Scotty Pippen to retire their numbers. But I, I feel like in the Bulls' case, it, it would almost be like a way to you know recognize the the second tier of players because. I feel like Luol Deng, Noah, Taj Gibson, and and Derrick Rose, they they are Bulls Hall of Famers, and it might look silly if gibson's 22 was hanging right besides jordan's 23 and you, you probably don't want to make that happen and that's where your you know your own hall of fame comes into play because it's it's just so odd to to make a case for for these guys and then uh, that you know even even if tony and dennis rodman were around for those titles it, it's it's it seems like they're on a, in, in, in a in a whole nother level
0: yeah as you mentioned you know the the, the 2000s guys you know there's a lot of guys who have, are sort of interesting who played there for quite a long time and had some success I mean you look at uh at Kirk Heinrich uh Dang, uh jo Kim Noah uh you know Derek Rose of course with the MVP um you know the, if he if he doesn't get um if, if he doesn't get his Jersey retired he'd only be the second MVP besides Bob McAdoo not to get there Jersey retired uh Jimmy Butler as well of course you know leaving for the uh, Wolves. probably not the, the enough longevity there but um yeah, I, I mean, I, of those guys, I would say maybe Noah or Rose would be—kind of have the best cases in a way. Um, I mean, Butler might have been the better player, but I think Noah, you know, was was there longer, had more—was kind of the emotional leader and, you know, was a, you know, like a fringe MVP candidate and, you know, all-NBA kind of guy. And, and Rose with the MVP, I, you know, I, I could see this—maybe the, the uh, credentials being stronger there. But, yeah, I, I don't— yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. I don't think there's really like anybody who stands out there and like yeah, more like a, a Bulls Hall of Fame might be a more appropriate way to handle that.
1: Yeah, and I wonder if they have their division banner up there because those those words by Van Leer, Norman Leer, the the fact that he can look up at at uh, Sloane and Love, and that you know he feels like at least there's something up in, in the rafters that th- those words really got to me. But uh, on the other hand, I feel I feel like a division banner is is, is is such silly way to you know commemorate a team, especially when you have six championships right besides that. So yeah, it it almost it almost seems like something where you take the spirit of that team and. Uh, and it also goes out to fibs who who probably is remembered you know more positively in chicago than negatively even if he did ride his players into the ground it feels like you know that whole team as a whole is 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 something that deserves a banner if if, if they don't get one you know personally but uh yeah I'm, I'm not too big on on division winning banners
0: no yeah i agree that that's like i i get yeah th- there's not really a good way to honor them honestly even though yeah they, they do have some cases for recognition there's kind of a whole era there that there isn't you know like I said maybe Rose with the MVP would be kind of the one guy who would kind of like represent all those guys even though he kind of has his his issues that you would make it not want to honor him but um yeah there is a really good answer to that that's kind of a tough one um, yeah
1: and and that's that's perhaps an idea maybe maybe teams could you know hang up a, a Derrick Rose MVP banner or and the same could
0: apply you know to someone like
1: Bob McAdoo who doesn't have a place you know to call his own maybe maybe that's something that could happen i don't know so, somebody could be real really innovative with uh, you know an idea like this yeah
0: definitely uh, so, um, next is the, uh, is the Warriors who have six numbers retired, uh, Will T- Chamberlain, uh, Tom Mesheri, Al Addles Chris Mullen, Rick Berry, and, uh, Nate Thurmond. And, uh, interesting, it, you, you had him as a guest on, uh, on your podcast. Why don't you talk a little bit about, uh, the circumstances of his, uh, Jersey retirement?
1: Oh yeah. T- Tom Mesheri was, uh. Not, not that thrilled that he would be you know leaving as his, as his, his, uh, the team that drafted him and his own hometown team because thomas sherry is a San Francisco guy and uh, he was uh, he was planning to retire and perhaps joining the the peace Corps and then uh, he was uh, later convinced to play with Seattle but yeah at, at that point uh, the, the the arrangements uh, had been made and uh, he was one of the he was one of the he might have been the first guy as, as we're as we are learning through this conversation he, he who got his jersey retired when he was still in the league and he was visiting with the seattle supersonics and 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 that's how such a such a franchise with such history which has many great names up there and has a couple of couple of more of them upcoming that's how thomas sherry is the first warrior ever to be retired which uh you know looking back at it it's almost it's yeah it, it i guess it there could be some warriors fans nowadays for whom it you know raises some questions but uh as as you as you as you've noted and then and, uh, and probably can can elaborate on more He he was a pretty good player
0: yeah i mean he was an all-star once he helped lead the team to two finals you know he as you mentioned you know had ties to the area through high school and college so um yeah it, it's it, he's not obviously that well known now so it's a not now you know, modern fans look at it and are like who but you know it made more sense at the time I and mean, he's definitely you know one of the more marginal cases but he was you know is, is i guess an original san francisco warrior so to speak so um you know and, and as we've We'll see. Even as we go further, there are a lot of guys who, you know, you know, the the first player for the franchise or the first player in the city ends up who lasts the longest ends up getting you know their jersey retired there. So, and given the circumstances that he had planned to retire, um, you know, it it made some sense. So, um, yeah, and I I would say there's there's several omissions I think in the franchise. Um, there's no representation from their Philly days in which they won. Um. You know championships in forty seven or fifty six. I mean, obviously, Will Chamberlain played in Philly, but beyond that, uh, no one um, there played in uh, or had a significant time playing in Philadelphia. I, I should say, uh, Paul Arizon, who's the franchise's third all time leading scorer in second all time in win shares. He's only one of two top fifty players without their jersey retired. I mean, he definitely is someone who um, you know, uh, you know, would would bear it. And and given you know the team isn't. Um, you know, obviously the team moved before they had retired New Jersey's and that wasn't really something that was thought about in, you know, 62 when the, uh, when the team moved. Um, and, uh, but other guys from that era, you know, Neil Johnston, Tom Gola and, and Joe folks from the, you know, the very early days, one of the great early scores. I mean, all those guys, you know, would, would definitely uh, merit it. Um, and it, it's kind of hard now to see what they could do, you know, maybe some sort of banner for the, um you know to to recognize the philadelphia maybe the 56 championship team or, or what have you or the or the two championship uh, they do have banners for the championships themselves but something similar to what the lakers did for the minneapolis team that we'll we'll get to that in more detail but that might be a nice way to do it. i mean Arizona certainly of, of anybody you know would 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 merit one uh but that's hard given that he had no uh connection with uh with uh, San Francisco. In fact, he left the team rather than go to to San Francisco.
1: Yeah, and we'll get to it. As you mentioned, I think the Lakers uh, really show show the other teams that uh, there is a solution here. And I I was really surprised about uh, Jeff Mullins because, uh, you know, if I had to take I don't know, a a quiz, I would have guessed it that, uh, you know, his jersey was retired because he was already with the franchise after they had moved to San Francisco and then definitely those guys deserve it. But uh, yeah, I figured
0: that uh, Jeff Mullins was up there. Yeah, he was a three-time All-Star, played on the 67 75 uh warriors the, the uh the, the championship and the uh finals team so you know, it seems like he, he was an important contributor to both those teams especially in 67 so you know would merit it but uh, somehow got lost in the shuffle there uh yeah some of the guys you know you could look at like a mitch richmond or a tim hardaway hardaway probably with the stronger case because he was there longer uh and you know there probably isn't really anyone who stands out from the, the we believe team you know the the 07 team that upset the uh mavericks i mean that was you know i Obviously, Baron Davis was really good, but he didn't last that much longer. You know, Steven Jackson, you know, the, the, those guys are all you know very much cold favorites, but they didn't have a lo- lot of longevity with the franchise. And that, obviously, that success did not sustain itself, you know, Monta Ellis. And, I, and you know, even more importantly, with the success they've had in the past, you know, three or four years with, you know, all, all their, the championships and the finals teams, I mean, that, that team is going to, when the time comes, obviously they're going to get a lot of honors. And I, I think it's pretty much going to, prevent anyone else from doing it because it's obviously, you know, by far the best period in um, in Warriors history. I mean, I obviously uh, Curry, um, I would imagine uh, a Durant, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson are all strong candidates to get their jerseys retired. I could see possibly, you know, depending on how deep they want to go, Andrea Godala, Sean Livingston, you know, guys who've been there for a long time and are important role players as well. Um, you know, I, I could see any of those guys, certainly a chance of it happening.
1: Yeah, the, Iggy's Finals MVP might might help him, and then, though, though, yeah. though the stats aren't there, his move from Utah and you know the fact that his his role on the team was integral to allowing them to play the way they do, he he might he might get there. And uh, I, so, something I just I just thought of in regards to the We Believe team is that uh, you know you could you could just retire the 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 man behind the master plan because uh, Don Nelson certainly spent yes. some time with the Warriors. I think that would be nice. It's, he's definitely synonymous with franchise.
0: Oh, absolutely yeah that, that would that would make a lot of sense as well you know um i, I don't know if, if they've done if they've did like a 10th anniversary thing for that team or, or what have you but um Although I guess that would be, well, yeah, I guess it was the 07 playoffs. So this has yeah, been 11 they, years. They, but, actually,
1: yeah. they attended the, one of the first round games, uh, I think, in, in, in the last year's playoffs. And I remember that because, you know, my, the native of, of my home country, Andres Biedrinch, for whatever reason, didn't want to go. And uh, ah. yeah, all, all the rest of the gang was pretty much there, uh, save for, I don't know, a couple of guys. I, I'm not certain about someone like Mikhail Petras, but
0: the Americans were there and that's the end of part one of this episode uh, stay tuned for part two it should be here in a couple of days hope you are enjoying it and uh, if you can find us at the stepback at fansided.com also on iTunes Stitcher wherever you listen to your podcast and find us on Facebook or Twitter at over and back NBA so thanks for listening go back again soon